This week, we hear about the Capital Campaign Toolkit from Amy Eisenstein. Amy created a support system for nonprofit leaders to empower themselves within their campaign work. Amy talks about why her business model has always been online and how she supports her clients. Amy has been a development professional and fundraising consultant for more than 20 years. She is also the CEO of the Capital Campaign Toolkit. Recognized as a leading expert in her field, she helps small and large nonprofits alike raise millions of dollars through major gift and capital campaigns. In addition to consulting, Amy is an author, speaker and trainer, as well as the creator of Mastering Major Gifts and the co-creator of the Capital Campaign Toolkit. Her published books include Major Gift Fundraising for Small Shops, Raising More with Less, and 50 Asks in 50 Weeks. Amy received her master's degree in public administration and nonprofit management from the Wagner Graduate School at NYU and her bachelor's degree from Douglas College at Rutgers University. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Katherine Van Zippel the stories-based podcast that interviews professionals, donors, and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. Hi, Amy. Welcome to The Debrief. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm always loving talking to fellow podcasters, and I know you have a podcast called All About Capital Campaigns. Why don't we start by hearing about that? It's actually something that my partner and I started right as the pandemic started. We actually started it in response to the pandemic. There's a live session that happens weekly that turns into our podcast and it's called Toolkit Talks. And we just started answering nonprofit leaders' questions about capital campaigns in response to what they were going through with the pandemic. But more than two years later, here we are. And so every week that live session called Toolkit Talks gets turned into our weekly podcast called All About Capital Campaigns. And we just talk about a topic that's relevant, hopefully, to nonprofit leaders that are in capital campaigns or thinking about them. And was that a way for you to build community while things were remote? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Great idea. I mean, we we wanted to give back. And honestly, when we started it, we thought, oh, we'll just do these free weekly webinars for a month or two while the pandemic is a thing. And then after two or three months, it won't be a thing anymore. Um, And here we are, you know, we just did it as a way to give back and answer questions about for panicked nonprofit leaders. Mm -hmm. And we wound up really building a community, which was amazing. So tell us where you're talking to us from today. Yes, I'm in my home office in North Central New Jersey. I'm about an hour outside of New York City. And does that mean that you have a primarily New York-based set of clients? And of course, we'll talk about your your business, but is that the case? Or would you say that your clients are all over the country, maybe even out yes. of the country? Yes, our, our clients are all over the country and Canada. And um, we actually are a campaign firm, if you will, that serves organizations remotely and virtually. And that was our business model way prior to the pandemic. We set up that way because we thought it was effective and affordable and efficient. And then all of a sudden there was the pandemic and everybody magically understood our business model, but we've been working remotely with clients all over the country and all over the world for years. Let's get down to the details. Campaign toolkit. 
How did you get the idea and what does it entail? Thank you. Uh, the Capital Campaign Toolkit is a support system for nonprofit leaders running capital campaigns. And so we wanted to provide nonprofit leaders really with the guidance, the support, the strategy behind campaigns so that they would be more effective. We help them with coaching and with ongoing support, both in group formats and individually and all the tools and resources and templates that they could need to be successful. We don't want anybody reinventing the wheel. We don't want anybody winging it when it comes to a campaign. And we understand that nonprofit leaders really want cheerleaders, advocates, uh, experts by their side to help them through the process of these humongous fundraising campaigns. But you're right that the big distinguisher is that it's all online. Because, you know, so many institutions will hire consultants to come in to the physical spaces and maybe even be on site for a period of time. And what was it that made you think that that wasn't, I don't want to say wasn't important, but wasn't a necessity as you built your toolkit? You know, honestly, we were looking at models in the for-profit sector for how we could provide campaign support more effectively and more efficiently leveraging technology. So we were looking at things like TurboTax, at LegalZoom, at WebMD. People are turning more and more to the internet for support and resources. And you know, it's not just a series of tools, but it's also the support and guidance, but we can leverage technology. Um, we can be in your conference room through Zoom. We don't have to get on a plane mm-hmm. and, and actually be in the conference room. But, you know, you and I are miles and miles apart, and yet we're right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about the podcast a little bit in the beginning, you know, a great way to, I love that you said you saw it as a service of helping people. There was so much panic at the time, and it's great that you were able to do that. Do you talk about the toolkit specifically in these podcasts or is it more of an open Q&A? Yeah, so we identify a topic that we kick the conversation off with, whether it's about a campaign committee or finding a campaign chair or how to decide with your board whether or not to start a campaign. We, We cover all sorts of campaign related topics. And so we talk for 15 or 20 minutes about that topic. And then we open it up for the next 40, 45 minutes to any Q&A on campaign related or honestly any fundraising related topics that attendees want to ask about. And so it's been a great opportunity to answer all sorts of interesting questions and have dialogue and discussion with leaders in the nonprofit sector about their fundraising challenges. So um, it's it's mostly Q and A, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so great. So, can you give us some examples of the tools? I love the metaphor of the toolkit. You know, if we were to open it up, what would we find, and what do you think are the most popular tools that you provide? I think the the sort of backbone tool. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to describe it. The backbone tool is a step by step guide and a checklist to a whole campaign. There's a checklist, a to-do list for each phase. And we've broken a campaign down into seven phases, all from Mm -hmm. pre-campaign planning to post-campaign follow-up and everything in between. 
Um, and each phase has between five and 10 steps. So an organizational leader can see where they are in the progression in the timeline of their campaign. So that checklist, but even more in depth, each of those steps along the way have associated tools. So you might have a gift range chart template or campaign policies sample and questionnaire to help you develop your campaign policies. There's budgeting documents and timeline templates and um, really anything that you could need, tools and resources, like I said, no reinventing the wheel with the toolkit. Um, everything that you need for a successful campaign would be in there, either as a sample or a template or a checklist or all of the above. How did you put these together? Was it based on what you needed when you were in the field or did you work off of other materials? It's, it sounds extensive. Yeah, my partner, Andrea Kilstead and I, uh, we've been in the campaign field for a long time. She's been in for many decades and we really thought about what we would want to have and what each of our clients needed. And, you know, thinking about how we want, we really wanted nonprofit leaders to understand and have the tools and the resources to be empowered to to understand the strategy behind campaigns and be able to effectively implement it, mm -hmm. even if they couldn't do it on their own, even if they needed some help. But as opposed to traditional campaign consultants that give you one resource or one step at a time, we wanted to at least lay out the plan, show it to you so you could look ahead. Um, and it did take us actually a long time to figure out sort of the order, the sequence, what to right. include, started out with all different formats and all different groupings. And finally, the timeline and the sequencing of a campaign just made the most sense. Why is it important to empower our, our nonprofit leaders to run their own campaigns? And why did you choose to do it that way? I mean, I think it's great, but I'd love to hear the thought behind it. Because of the nature of capital campaigns, they're really every once in a while campaigns. So organizations do capital campaigns once every 10 or even 20 years or less frequently. And so the vast majority of nonprofits, staff, and, and, and volunteers have not been through more than one campaign, certainly from start to finish. They may have been at the tail end of a campaign, or they may have been at the beginning of a campaign, but then, you know, the only people with extensive campaign experience with more than one campaign under their belt uh, from start to finish generally are consultants. So we found that really most nonprofit leaders have this lack of knowledge and we wanted to fill that gap. It's funny because I'm I'm sitting here thinking about the uh, higher ed and independent school models. I'm like, we're always in a campaign, but maybe that's <laughs> a big differentiator between nonprofits and education. Would you say that's so? Well, I think certainly universities now recently are in the habit of going from one campaign to the next. I don't know that it's true of K to twelve schools. Um, I think the occasional K to 12 school is in a constant campaign, but we work with so many of them that come to us and say, we have not done a campaign in 15 years or something like that. Yeah. So I, I think it's definitely true at the university level. And 
it's true that more and more organizations go from one campaign to the next. It's becoming more common, but I do think that's a fairly recent phenomenon. Um, yeah. So, yeah. In your work with your clients, what what are you seeing in terms of changes around major gift fundraising? Do you think that it's vastly different than it was before the pandemic? I don't think it's vastly different. I think you know, if there's any silver lining to the pandemic, it is that every fundraiser has a new tool in their virtual tool belt of fundraising. And that is, that is virtual meetings. Um, What we have witnessed, which we would never have seen before the pandemic is gifts of five, six, seven figures being given remotely, you know, being solicited virtually in the past, we would say major gift officers or development directors, you need to hop on a plane to visit your prospects, or you need to wait until the the season, you know, they're at their winter home or their summer home. And we'd wait six months now, no, just schedule a zoom meeting or FaceTime or whatever it is. And I think, you know, of course, if you can be in person, great, do it. But to me, it's much more effective and efficient to be able to intersperse virtual and in-person meetings. And I think that that's something that the pandemic gave us. Do you find that the nonprofit sphere is embracing that? Interesting. Some organizations for sure, yes. And I think they are doing really, really well. And the organizations that are more resistant to it are struggling. Mm-hmm. And it's not a surprise. You know, I, I still hear two years into the pandemic, you know, we're waiting to meet or we're waiting, we're waiting. Well, don't wait. You know, everybody now knows how to Zoom. Everybody's familiar. Go on a walk with your donors, meet outside. Don't wait. Yeah. And I love this, this idea of templates and getting everything at once. I think that for certain personality types, it's really nice to see it all in one place. And I'm one of those. I think I would really like that. And so you're, you're essentially, it's almost like taking a course. It sounds like for someone where they're learning from you, you're checking in weekly. What is that support? Like, I mean, are you talking as granular as about like particular asks and prospects or how do you Mm -hmm. manage that? Yes. So we have a few levels of service at the Capital Campaign Toolkit that we're offering. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the base level, which we call our essentials package, is all of the online tools and resources and templates and its weekly group calls. So you can call in to um, a weekly group. Uh, Our our biggest uh, members and fans lovingly call it fundraising therapy. And (laughs) The the group is facilitated by two of our campaign experts and clients are invited to call in, ask their questions, learn from each other. They actually hear questions asked that they didn't even know to ask. And so they're getting answers and information that they wouldn't have even thought of asking themselves. So it's really beneficial. We do have another level of service that is your own private advisor, your own personal advisor, who's working with you on a regular and ongoing basis, just on your campaign. And then of course, you're discussing strategy, plans, brainstorming, specific donors, accountability, all of those good things that happens with um, good campaign advising and coaching. So there are just two levels. 
two main levels. Yep. So they all come, both levels come with all the tools and resources and with the group coaching, the weekly group calls. And then if you want to upgrade to your own advisor as well, you can do that. As you're having these conversations and hearing from clients, especially as it relates to the last six months, what, what are the challenges and really the wins that you see your clients are facing? I mean, I'm sure you have to maintain confidentiality, but you know, as you yeah. can speak in broad strokes. Yeah. So I think that the biggest challenge that's facing all nonprofits, you know, everybody everywhere, but specifically with campaigns are rising costs, Right. So they plan, you know, if a campaign is a two to three year endeavor, when they first made the plans, uh, the costs were X and now they're 20, 30, 40% higher. So how are you dealing with those challenges? And amazingly, we've seen the vast majority of our clients rise to the challenge and be able to raise those additional funds because donors really understand what the needs are and why the costs are going up. And so I don't think there's any question in the donor's mind about what's happening. And yeah. so they are able to, to really compensate and come in and, and support those important causes. So I think rising costs universally are a big challenge, but donors are stepping up. So it's an exciting time. And do you think they're stepping up as the result of people being more transparent than they've been in the past about the needs or is it? Yeah, I I think that's part of it. I mean, a really important component of any campaign is having transparent, honest, open conversations with your donors. I think always when you have those conversations about what your challenges you're having, I mean, if, if donors don't know that you're having a problem because costs went up, they can't help. You have yeah. to tell them, right? Um, you can't like pretend it's not happening or ignore it or I don't know. Donors, the only way for them to help is for you to be transparent and share. Say, hey, listen, our original campaign goal was $12 million, but now it's 16 and here's why. And so we're going back to donors and asking them all to consider increasing their gifts and, and many of them are. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's great to hear. And, and it makes so much sense. It's always, the, the numbers are always rising and they will, I think, continue to rise. Is there anything about the toolkit that we didn't cover that you think is important for people to know? Well, I mean, I love talking about the toolkit. I'm so proud of it. The way I think about our support system is really the sweet spot for organizations. If you think about a spectrum of help, from organizations that are winging it on one end of the spectrum. They're doing it by themselves. They're totally making it up as they go. They're winging it Mm -hmm. to the opposite end, which is full service consulting support, somebody even on the ground or placed in the organization. Mm -hmm. We are right in the middle of those two things. We don't want anybody winging it. We want to provide you with all the tools and resources and support and guidance that you could possibly need but we're empowering the nonprofit leaders and staff members and volunteers to do the work so that they learn and increase their skills and develop those relationships with their donors. We don't want you outsourcing your your campaign relationships or your relationships with your biggest donors to other 
consultants, we want you to grow those and learn how to grow those in-house. And those are the skills that we're providing to nonprofit leaders. So you really have identified a need in the middle, which I think is so great. And I think probably a lot of people fit into that category. We've seen such an amazing uh, response to our services. And we have clients in all sectors from animal welfare to healthcare, to education, to the environment, social services. So it just is so thrilling to see it working in so many different organizations. While they're different, are there certain qualities that your clients tend to share when they choose to work with you? Like around size or, you know, leadership length of time, you know, anything like that, any patterns that you're seeing? Of course, I think any campaign consultant would say that they love to work with organizations that have strong dynamic leadership that have been in place for, you know, at least a handful of years. Mm -hmm. Um, We're no different. Uh, We need a good, strong team on the ground at the nonprofit to implement the, the campaign And, you know, we really, I think initially thought we were for smaller and mid-sized organizations. We developed the capital campaign toolkit for campaigns. We saw generally from two to $20 million, Mm -hmm. but we have been amazed at how many bigger campaigns have been using our services, a hundred million and more. We have a handful of a hundred million dollar and up campaigns. So exciting. It is exciting. And, you know, it's interesting to look at those bigger organizations and say, you know, why did they pick us? Why are they using us? It's because they've got a really good, talented, capable team and they don't need for full service consulting. They need guidance. They need coaching. They don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, it's the same reason that the smaller organizations use us. And so it's just been really cool to see the pretty wide range of organizations that have decided to go with our model. So if people listening are thinking, well, that sounds like me and my team, and I I would love to learn more, where would you send them to learn more about the toolkit? They can just go to capitalcampaigntoolkit.com and uh, Google capital campaign toolkit. I assume and hope will pop right up, but uh, yes, our website is capitalcampaigntoolkit.com. And can people reach out to you on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. The toolkit has a page, but um, I'm also, I would love to connect with you personally and um, Amy Eisenstein on, on, uh, on LinkedIn. Well, thank you so much for telling us about your work and sharing a new perspective. I think, you know, before I had met you, I didn't even know that there were alternative ways. And I think it makes so much sense that there are a variety of needs across a huge sector. So thank you. And I would love to end with my signature question, which is what do you know for sure? Nonprofit leaders should not outsource their relationship building to consultants. And I think that that is what happens frequently when consultants are hired to do feasibility study interviews. I think that that is a unique and important opportunity for nonprofit leaders to build relationships with their donors prior to a campaign by going out and asking for feedback about 
about their campaign plans and it shouldn't be outsourced to a consultant. Now, that's not to say they should do it alone without the guidance and support of a consultant who has a lot of experience with feasibility studies. I would just encourage, encourage organizational leaders to really think about that. Um, you know, sometimes it's easier to say, well, I don't have time to meet with donors. Well, I can't think of a better use of your time than to meet with them. (laughs) Yeah. You need to make time. If you're going to be asking them for big, huge gifts, you want to get to know them and really get their feedback prior to your campaign. And the feasibility study model is a perfect opportunity for nonprofit leaders to go sit down and, and get to know their donors better. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It was great to have you. And um, I hope people will check out the Capital Campaign Toolkit. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love hearing about Amy's toolkit and the things that she offers because I think it's really important to highlight that there are lots of different kinds of support you can receive, whether you're a nonprofit leader or working in any of the sectors of fundraising. Really think deeply about what your needs are and how your organization can be moved to the next level. Thank you for listening and please tune in on LinkedIn or on Instagram at devdebrief. I share more about the episodes and you can see the faces of our wonderful guests. We are rapidly approaching 100 episodes and I hope you will celebrate with me online and or in person as we think about all of the milestones that have been hit over the last two and a half years, the incredible guests that we've had, and all of the amazing things that are to come. So keep your eye out. You'll hear more. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in.